0: This is the Mind of the Meanie. Here are your hosts, the Blue Meanie and Adam Barnard.
1: Peace world and welcome everybody to the Mind of the Meanie, your weekly peek into the world according to former WWE superstar and ECW original Blue Meanie. We'll cover wrestling, music, movies, sports, and lots and lots of useless knowledge all contained in the Mind of the Meanie. I'm your tour guide, Adam Barnard, and he is the Blue Meanie. Meanie! What's on your mind? It's just another
2: Easter Monday, whoa, whoa. that's my fun, happy Easter, Easter, everybody, did you get the the Easter bunny come and give you candy? Yeah, did a uh, goldfish leave a linking log in
1: your sock drawer? They did, and I'm calling the police to figure out why, Uh, (laughs) they're shitting my sandals, babe, what the fuck, shout out to
2: the legendary Bill Hicks, (laughs) But, uh, uh man, yeah, yeah, if you're hearing this, uh, low inside baseball is, uh, ask me, uh, we're recording this because I am currently re- returning home from Indianapolis, Indiana, where I, I, I assume I had a marvelous time at the square circle expo in Indianapolis, Indiana, where I got to see all my friends, got to see Nova, my buddy Giovanni Hamilton and his fa- f- fabulous family came out to, uh, visit oh giovanni's gonna be there giovanni he lives in uh, indianapolis now oh, he's that wow. really relocated for a really good job that's awesome but uh, yeah he's going he's coming out a uh, really cool story is uh, we went to the square circle expo last year and Gio and, and his family came out and uh he's got an older brother and this older sister and just being at the convention, his sister fell in love with pro wrestling just from that convention. That's amazing, man. So that's uh, so cool. She she watches now. She follows along and all that stuff. And Giovanni sent me that little text, and that just like warmed my heart. That you know, inviting somebody out to a convention, you know, made a new fan.
1: He's so uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's gonna be great. That, a, uh, he's a great kid too, man. I've, i I we follow each uh, other on Twitter now, and just what a. What a wonderful kid, man. Like, what a great Kids,
2: guy. Gio's a warrior, man. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's living the fucking dream. He's 14, 15. Yeah. And he, he, the other night, he was at a Pacers game
1: interviewing the coach. Kind of love it. Yeah, dude. Just what a great. And what's it? Just tell everybody who's listening where they can find us. He's got a podcast, too, right? Gio, uh,
2: just Gio, uh, Gio, the, uh, well, it used to be Gio, Gio the uh, Philly sports, but uh, Gio, the podcaster. Mm-hmm. All forms of social media at Gio the Podcaster and uh, his podcast drop uh, where we listen to, you know, uh, your your podcast. Just look up Giovanni Hamilton, Gio Gio the Podcaster.
1: Yeah, yeah, just great stuff from him. Just ab- so always willing to support anything that kid does. So that's really cool. I'm glad you had a glad you had a good time in Indianapolis. Yeah, but yes, blue. Yeah, calls I, mean, I have a question for you. An important one, but a question nonetheless. Yes, sir. Are you ready to ask Meanie? I would love to.
3: It's time to ask Meanie anything.
2: Ask me something! I can't
1: remember what regular arsenal is like. It's the shits. Don't forget, friends, at the end of every episode of Mind of the Meanie, we do an Ask Meanie segment. And you can ask us your questions using the hashtag Ask and you may hear them on the show. But today we're doing a full Ask Meanie anything. And you've sent in all your questions. We appreciate you. Uh, You can follow us at Mind of the Meanie on Twitter and Instagram. You can ask us there and drop your questions. And like I said, you may hear them on the show. But Meanie, what did you bring today for this special episode?
2: I have, first day with new eyeballs, strawberry (laughs) mango from
1: from Schweppes. Schweppes. So Fun fact, that's what my brother used to call a titty twister, was a Schwepp. And it fucking hurt. (laughs) didn't hurt any less with a new name. But, uh... But uh, we have a uh, that's Matt from Dover, by the way. It's a nice shot for him. I have a sparkling frost from the good people at Aldi. This is an orange mango flavor. Uh, I'll be in Pittsburgh in a couple of weeks, so I'll have to grab some cheap shit from the fucking vending machine to bring back with me. And uh, yeah, so here we go. We're going to do an opening here in three, two, one. Yeah, that's what she said. Uh, (laughs) Yeehaw, cowboy. Mmm, get those pinkies up. Oh, man, belching a plenty tonight, pal. Oh, that was a little foam coming back there. Oh, bring it up again. We'll hold on it. <laughs> My Uncle Rick used to say that to me all the time. Every time yeah. we would belch or fart. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Uncle Ricky. He was the best.
2: Uh, let's. It's better to burp and taste it than and fart, fart and waste, and it. waste
1: it. Yep. He told me when I was a kid, he told me the funniest fucking jokes I'd ever heard for an eight-year-old. And I, to this day, can just sit sit here and remember laughing in his room. Uh, Let's see. Where are we at? Finding the first question here. Here we go. Pod Squad member, new Pod Squad member, Nate Smythe, wants to know. What up, Nate? Meanie. Yes. What is the best Alice in Chains song? And why is it, Nutshell? (sighs) Oh. Well, yeah. <clears throat> nutshell, but nutshell from
2: Allison Chains unplugged. Uh, there, there's a, there's a thing that happened with me, you know. Uh, once I became a professional wrestler, and you learn to listen to a crowd, you know, and uh, like, I always loved Al- I love Allison Chains. As I'm wearing an Allison Chains shirt today not knowing uh, for the album cover dirt got this over in England. When we went over there for the Taylor Hawkins tribute concert. and uh, The one day we went to Camden to town and did some shopping and saw the shirt. I was like, I need that shirt. So I love Alice in Chains. I, I love a lot of bands. You know, as I say, Van Halen's my number one. Everybody else is fighting for number two. Alice in Chains, Smashing Pumpkins, Foo Fighters, stuff like that. But, um, back to what I was saying, you, becoming a pro wrestler, you, you start to listen to the crowd. so when uh, I start watching uh, House of Chains Unplugged again or forget forget the video put on Nutshell the audio from the Unplugged and you can hear the crowd come up like each band member walks out right you know Jerry Jerry Control starts it the drummer comes out uh, Mike Kinney uh, yeah Mike Sean Kinney comes out uh, Mike Inez comes out, but, and the, cr- listen to the crowd as Lane Staley walks out to like, everybody gets like a, ah, ah, and then when Lane comes out you're ah, mm-hmm. to know that that's, you know, in a nutshell by, uh, Chains is pretty much auto autobi it's an autobiography right by Lane he's basically singing about himself,
1: mm.
2: you know, um and then knowing his eventual death yeah, makes that song a fucking tearjerker, you know, like I can, I listen to that song and well up because I know, I know the, uh you know, the, the story behind it. I get the song because I know the person singing it. Yeah. I know the story of the person singing it. Yeah, a lot that's like a lot like pro wrestling why you know shows like tough enough were always great because you get to learn the people behind the characters and stuff like that so knowing the person behind the song uh you know lane staley who's still sorely missed to this day
3: mm-hmm.
2: that song is uh awesome yeah you know Uh, you know that you know that he sings about himself and you know Alice in Chains Wood about Andy Wood another tragic situation Mm -hmm. um you know there are no bad Alice in Chains songs um and what I love about Alice in Chains they would come out with like a, a a rocker album and then would come out with like an EP which would have acoustic songs and then another rocker and then another EP with some acoustic stuff and stuff like that. It was, it was, it was very cool, but um, yeah, nutshell, this fucking tears me apart every time. And uh, uh, while we're on the subject of songs that Us apart, um, I've been like on this huge Fleetwood Mac kick
3: mm.
2: lately. Um, for, I don't know why, maybe it was on in shop, right. Or whatever. I don't know why, but this Fleetwood Mac song, silver spring has been in my fucking head Hmm. like nonstop. And it's like the, the harmony part,
1: Hmm.
2: like fleet, you know, Fleetwood Mac's an amazing band, but their harmonies were fucking amazing. Yeah. um, If again, knowing the situation of the band, knowing the situation of songs, uh, Silver Spring is her song to Lindsey Buckingham, the guitarist who she had a relationship with. Interesting. Uh, Stevie Nixon, uh, Lindsey Buckingham were a couple. Uh, if you ever, I r- highly recommend the the uh, documentary um, Sound City, uh, which kind of ta- it's about a recording studio. But there's a part where Mick talks about being in Sound City. And discovering Lindsey Buckingham's guitar part, and he wants to sign the the Fleetwood Mac, and uh, he's like, and the the guy from South City is like, well, he's a, he's a he's a package deal because you're going to have to take his his girlfriend Stevie. <clears throat> so uh, they, uh, you know, Stevie and Lindsey had their um, ups and downs and issues in Silver Spring. Well. Even before Silver Spring, the Fleetwood Mac song, you can go your own way. Yep. That's Lindsay's song to Stevie Nicks. Really? So she wrote Silver Spring, Silver Springs as like a, as a, as a rebuttal, kind of.
1: Interesting. I had no idea.
2: It was supposed to be on the Rumors album and. Now, here's where I go into meanie memory. I, I could be off. You might have to look this up. Hey, don't fact but, check me, bro. That's not what we do here. Yeah, don't fact check me. Silver Spring was supposed to be on Rumors and got cut from the, the final list. Stevie took it to heart. She quit the band for like 10 years, came back to the reunion concert on MTV or wherever. And they do Silver Spring on this live concert, which is the version of the song I got stuck in my head and at the two minute and 30 second mark, there's a point where McFleetwood does this little drum thing, you know, into the camera Uh and then they, it's harmony and it's fucking amazing. It's fucking beautiful. But after that, there's a point where Stevie next stops facing the camera and she turns right to Lindsey Buckingham and starts singing the lyrics directly at Lindsey. And he turns and he looks her and he's, you can tell he's looking her right in the eyes and they're singing these lyrics at each other. Wow. And it's its a fantastic moment. Cause just knowing the story of them. Yeah. Like it, Fleetwood Mac is like basically Stevie and Nick, uh, Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham were a couple Christy McVie, who recently passed, she was married to bass player John McVie. Okay, and then Stevie, I guess Lindsay might have fucked off and had an affair. Then Stevie had an affair with the drummer (laughs) McFreedwood. So everybody in the bands at least fucked each other at least once, Uh, right? As they should, right? I do, right? But uh, yeah, you know, talk about nutshell and having how how a live version of a song knowing the story behind the song. Like I, I listened to silver spring like the other night about like 30 times in a fucking row. Wow. Cried every fucking time just because it's such Stevie Nicks. voice is beautiful. And the pain in her voice as she sings, just as the pain in Lane Staley's voice as he sings nutshell. Yeah. Fucking tears up my fucking heartstring. I defy people to listen to those songs. Go read about them go watch the behind the musics or whatever and then learn the story and then listen to those songs. And yours, I was like, <laughs> I'm not crying. Bon Jovi. Bon Jovi. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, That's why I love, that's why I love about music. And yeah. you know, that the same reason why I like wrestling this, the the intricacies and the, the stories behind the people.
1: It's funny you say that. I I was thinking about um we were talking last week or two weeks ago rather about uh music and and different people we've been listening to and I actually yeah. had a conversation and and enlightened someone for the first time about what Sweet Home Alabama is really about. Oh, they had no idea. They were like they they you know, they were just like, "Oh, this is just a song about like, you know, partying and having a good time." And it's like, "No, this is a fucking this is not only is it a Neil Young diss record, but it's also hyping up segregation in the South. People like they have, you know, the, the whole, that he says the long, sweet home Alabama, where the skies are so blue and the governor's true. He's talking about George Wallace, the segregation is governor. He's hyping up the governor. And it's yeah. like, they had no, they were like, I had no idea that was a thing. And it was like, yeah, that's why in the song, he's talking about Neil Young and a Southern man doesn't need him around because he's singing about, he had that song called Southern man, which was about, you know the the, the, the anti segregation, but um, it's amazing the stuff that people don't realize is in music and embedded in in that. You know, it's just it's an amazing. It's I, I would never get tar- tired of talking about it either. Like it's just there's always so much to talk about.
2: Uh, what amazes me is that Kentucky Fried Chicken used Sweet Home Alabama as their fucking theme song. KFC would use Sweet Home Alabama for Kentucky Fried Chicken, which. That's America right there.
1: There ain't nothing more American than that, pal. I don't know yeah. what is. Uh, Andy people Sch- are stupid. They are dumb. Americans by and large, man. I can't even front, bro. They're just dumb as a box of fucks. Poof. Dumber, dumb as a box of fucking hammers. They are. So, <laughs> I, uh, dude, I, Oops. Jesus Christ, uh, Andy Schlicker, Pod Squad member. Andy Schlicker wants to know hey meanie can we get a return of your acid watch jean jacket from your fan fest photos oh man i had the fucking
2: canadian tuxedo
1: fan fest photos
2: yeah man um those uh wrestlemania four fan fest photos were a big hit on the uh the social media uh as i was posting you know memories it sucks i wish i could think to fucking post these things fucking sooner then like the, I post them the day after I'm like, ah, uh, 25 years ago yesterday. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you go, Bri. But uh, uh, I still have that jean jacket. Fucking um, posted a photo, a couple photos of Mrs. Meany wearing it. Uh, that jean jacket is the reason why I fucking met bill really? the Lapter. Really? This, if you get a uh, bill Lapter's book, it's wrestling fixed. I didn't know it was broken. There's a chapter called the ice cream boy and uh i was going to the ocean one mall in atlantic city uh which is across from caesar's and now they made it some hoity-toity highfalutin fucking fancy rodeo drive bullshit that nobody wants kind of mall it's a fucking mall on an ocean that looks like a fucking ship <laughs> leave it the fuck alone right um but yeah, I was, there was a a store on there on there where uh, I would always get airbrush T shirts. There's a airbrush guy named Bo, mm. this fucking this fucking hippie dude who looked just like George Carlin. Oh wow, he did a lot of my uh, airbrush stuff. And then like when I got into wrestling, I went to him and got him to airbrush like some kick pads for me to match my zebra kid tights, which I might still have around here somewhere. I don't know. But I was going there to get. My, uh, that jacket, and well, WrestleMania four, it was just like a plain Jane fucking denim jacket. And then over the course of that year, between four and five, I started to metal up. I got like Van Halen patches. We got Metallica patches. I got rat docking, bullet boys, buttons, Metallica buttons over here and stuff like that. It's like, I need something on the back. So I was, I went to the, let's go to the mall to get airbrush and fucking lo and behold there's fucking bell Apter. like holy and, and living in Atlantic city you're used to seeing famous people because of the casinos and right right Round right. time they're looking to do something oh, let me get the fucking mall or whatever you know you see howie mandel in the mall you see fucking bobby mcferrin walking around you know uh bobby mcferrin
1: kind of a dick um whoa whoa well, let's let's not skip over that he's a dick kind of really I'm not
2: like dick, like, all right. <clears throat> so I'm, I used to work in the Ocean Mall, like eighth grade, right? Okay. I worked for this company that had like a bunch of different shops. They would have like the faux sense, like the similarity sense, like the fake, yeah. fake Dracoir tra- tra- Noir or whatever. <laughs> yeah. The, the designer imposters. And then they also had this thing where, uh, People tell you their birth date, and you print it out. and Tells them what the what the cost of a, what the cost of a loaf of bread was when they were born. Well, this one particular evening, I was working the gypsy machine. Okay, the uh, fortune teller machine, which was like this big booth, or like a little crystal ball there. And my job, they, this is where I kind of learned to, to become a worker too. My job was to convince people to give me a dollar just to put their hands on a piece of glass and give them a printout with their fortune. Okay. How do I know it works? How do you know it doesn't? Mm, the gypsy knows, you know, that checkmate,
1: kind of shit. checkmate, Ooh. sir.
2: And it was easy work. The only thing that sucked is directly across the hall was the fudgery. Okay. Which smelled amazing, but every half hour, they had to sing songs about fudge. (laughs) The things you do for fudge, whoa, whoa. The things you, and you're like, oh, fuck. fuck. And next door, there was a thing called Star, I don't want to say it was Star Studio. That was the name of a boombox, like a karaoke boombox I had as a kid. But this thing where they had all the hit songs without the vocals, and you could go into a booth and sing over it. Mm Mm-hmm. And to convince people to go in there and sing over these songs. they played you the worst fucking example. Oh. Like, it sounds like a, a dog getting his ball squashed to uh, Eternal Flame by the bangles, you know? Just oh, like, my God. You know, it's,
1: it's like, Eternal...
2: Oh, God, I hate that song. I hated it more after working. So, one night I'm working at the Gypsy Machine... Good God. Whatever. And uh, the girl at the Fudgery kind of freaks out, puts her hands on her face. Oh my God, you're Bobby McFerrin. He goes over, shakes her hand, whatever. I go, oh, oh sir, 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 sir. And kind of wait. I go, oh, uh, you're, you're Bobby McFerrin? He goes, well, if I, if I was Bobby McFerrin, where did uh, Bobby McFerrin go to, go to college? I went, what? What? You just fucking, I just saw you fucking, the lady across the way screamed, you're Bobby McFerrin. You shook her hand. You come over to me and you're giving me a fucking trivia pursuit. <laughs> I just went, yeah, you're because you're, I knew it was Bobby McFerrin because I, his fucking poster's right across the fucking boardwalk on this right playing Caesars live this week. Bobby McFerrin, I look out the window and see his fucking photo. Look at the man, look at the photo, look at the man, look at the photo. And he, I was like, I, I don't know. He goes, Oh, he went to and he said to college and kind of like just slowly walked away. And I was like, What a dick. Okay. Could have just shook my hand and whatever so he wasn't really like a dick dick but then like you know as time goes on i kind of see where he can't, was coming from because i had been in similar situations where you know uh you know before 911 you go in the airport and nobody you could go through security at the airport without needing a ticket and just be at the baggage claim to meet famous people right so like we would go off the plane for wwe and there'd be people off the gate just. Autograph people waiting for us and you're signing and stuff like that. But then like these people at other gates see this commotion going on and us signing autographs and they come over and go, Oh, can I get your autograph? You go, Oh yeah, sure. And they go, who are you? Oh, jeez, That kind of thing. So I got, and I like, Oh, I read, I had read like an interview with Marilyn Manson at one time where he was like, you know, if somebody asked for an autograph, he would ask, you know, name a
1: song. Right any song so, just name uh, one yeah
2: so i'm sure at that point bobby mcferrin had been like the he had was had one of the top singles in the, in the country at the time yeah but like it, this was like a late night on a the weekday there's maybe 10 people at the mall you know the only people in the mall at that point are the the people working there and bobby mcferrin right who's just you could have just fucking just said oh hey nice to meet you
1: you could have yeah know? you could have just made this easy man you didn't have to be a fucking prick about it yeah 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 but uh
2: i never got a chance to like do a makeup meet with him because like there's been times where i've met somebody and it's probably been an off day it was like an off day or whatever and they're kind of like uh, yeah to me but, like i meet them a the second time and they're awesome right you know? right yeah which I try to tell people because there's, I'm sure there's people who've met me on a bad day, where I was just like, uh and my face probably looks and goes, ugh. but it's not aimed at them. It's aimed at the situation I'm currently having in my head in right. my day, right? But if they had met me like the next time, I probably would have been fucking really cool, you know? Yeah. But uh, I don't know where we're going with all this, but that's that's what you know, that's. It was talking that's about
1: jean jackets at, at FanFest. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then I went to, oh, yeah. I went to uh, get, I went to the mall that day to get my jacket airbrushed with the Van Halen logo on the back. Yep. Which I still have. And uh, that's where I met Bill Lapter, and uh, the famous Ice Cream Boy story uh, started, which you can read in his book, Is Wrestling Fixed? I didn't know it was broken, which you can get on paperback or there's, a, there's an audiobook edition as well
1: uh matt from dover wants to know hey meanie hey matt what's your go-to mcdonald's order oh
2: that's uh that's a timely question because i just had mcdonald's is my go-to post night of drinking uh let me eat something real shitty to sop up all this (laughs) alcohol in my belly meal uh yeah i just recently went to mcdonald's tuesday maybe I forget what day. Don't matter. Right. But uh go to go to McDonald's. I'll get the double quarter pounder with cheese with I'll get the combo meal, which comes with the large fry. And do because I'm watching my my girlish figure. I'll get the Diet Coke. That's a smart man right there. Yeah. Well, you know what? People always go, oh, give me a large cheese pizza and a diet coke. (laughs) Ernie, I prefer diet cola because regular cola gives me a weird film on my teeth that I don't like. Yes, there's that like thing where I gotta just like scrape my teeth with my fingers after I drink like a regular coke.
1: You know. (laughs) Well, also too, like when I'm drinking, well, when I used to drink, I used to get all my drinks mixed with diet soda because I wouldn't because I wouldn't have the hangover afterwards. It wouldn't well, be as you, bad. Not, rather.
2: There's not as much sugar and you don't get the sugar crash.
1: Right. Right. Because that's to me, that's a, the the double up right there is the is the the hangover from the booze. Yeah. But then also the sugar crash afterwards. It's like, oh, fuck. I wish I hadn't. A, I wish I hadn't a drank this. But yeah, no, I uh, my is mine is I'm a match. Mix- not go wrong with the apple pie. Either, oh, so. my God. Yeah. Throw it. Just smash it into my face. Um, I'm usually, a (laughs) am a, I'm a McChicken guy. I love the McChicken sandwich. It's always been my go-to, even from the time I was a kid. Um, so I'll usually get, if I'm feeling squirrely, I'll get two McChickens and a medium fry. And I'll, if I'm going to do a soda, I'll either do a diet Coke or I'll do a Sprite. Uh, and I don't drink soda anymore. I don't, I, I, well, I drink the, the, the carbonated fizzy shit, but I won't drink like real deal soda. If I'm feeling, I do like two sodas a year. Uh, I'll do a root beer at some point, some point in the summer, because that's just kind of my thing. And then, uh, at, on Christmas Eve, we have like, we sit around the table, me and the kids, it's something we, we started doing and we have, uh, Coca-Cola bottles and we'll crack mm-hmm. them open and we'll clink them before they go to bed, you know, and we'll all have soda before they go to bed. But, um, which probably isn't the best idea cause they might piss the bed or they'll be up jumping around before Santa Claus comes. But in any event or mini Claus, if you will, um, yeah. but uh, oh, I just let one go. I don't know if you heard it. A little seltzer kiss from the back end. But uh, yeah, that's usually my go-to. But again, sometimes I'll get a Big Mac, you know, but I, I'm i trying to think there was, what's the worst thing you've ever had? Adam, Adam from Downingtown wants to know, what's the worst thing you've ever had at McDonald's? I know what my answer is. Uh, Children at the ball pit.
2: <laughs> that's been my worst experience at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah. McDonald's is the best fucking advertisement for fucking safe sex for Jeez. contraception yeah just uh i don't know i don't think i've ever dude like now that's like lent season Well, that's lent season Lent. yeah we're in lent
3: season
1: pal again like the flay of fishing that bad it really isn't it really isn't that bad it's yeah. actually pretty enjoyable and i know people are listening to this and they're gonna be like oh these these fucking guys talking about mcdonald's like Nothing slaps like McDonald's some days, guys. Like you you don't fucking lie to yourself. That shit smacks sometimes. If you want to talk about the worst
2: fucking fucking fast food experiences, it's usually been at Burger King. Yeah, dude. Yeah, mom. Uh, yeah. Fucking uh Burger King and Pizza Hut. Yeah. I've have both made me vomit. Yeah, I'm not a fan of
1: Pizza Hut, man. Not not hypothetically. Literally. Yes. Vomit. When I was when I was nine, my dad used to have land that he bought for literally probably a song and a dance up in Burke, New York, which is like right outside of Quebec. And he took us up there and we got breakfast one morning at Burger King because there was nothing in these towns. Right. Like it was just desolate. And for some reason that a Burger King and a Walmart and we're like, all right, let's get breakfast at Burger King. I got food poisoning from that Burger King. And I puked the whole fucking ride home. I was so sick. I almost went to the hospital. Um, yeah. It was bad, and I I I ate at Burger King after that, but I never ate there. I rarely will eat sausage from a fast food place, whether it's like Seven Eleven, even from um, even from like Wawa. I won't get a breakfast sandwich with sausage on it because of that experience. Um, and that was you know thirty some almost thirty years ago, but
2: yeah, nothing fucks with McDonald's breakfast sandwiches. The fucking their no. uh, uh, egg. They eat the sausage, egg, and cheese. I mean, that. well, was it the uh, McMuffin with the egg?
1: Yeah, the sausage, sausage McMuffin with egg, yeah. It's fucking amazing. Can't, uh, go, can't go wrong with an egg McMuffin, though, either, man. That's usually, yeah. I, I remember one of my buddies, one of my buddies got out of lockup one time. Uh, shout out to Kurt Renz. Um, He got out of lockup, and he was just in, in you know, Bucks County jail for a fight of some kind. He was there right. for a couple of days because he couldn't post bail, and we finally scraped up enough money to get him out. And he goes, yo, dog, yo, we got to drive over to fucking, because he had a high pit. He's got like a sort of a higher, higher register, but he's a Philly guy. Yo, dog, we got to drive over to the rich bro McDonald's. I got to get fucking egg McMuffins. I've been dreaming about them while I've been sitting in jail. So he calls hmm. them and it's like, you know, he's like, I don't know. It was like nine 45. He's like, listen, I just got out of jail. Listen, I'll pay you like $30. My buddy's got $30. I'm like, I'm not going to fucking give these people 30 bucks. So they they set him aside, like, three Egg McMuffins so he can come and pick them up. And those fuckers slapped because they, they tasted like they had just made them before we got them. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, yeah, I don't do soda that much. But, like, there's nothing better than, nothing cures a hangover better than, like, a found cola. Yeah. There's some about, to, whatever they put in that syrup. It helps a fucking angry, fucking drunken stomach. Yeah, dude. I don't know what it is, but yeah. it, I'm sure there's no science to back it up. Even yeah. if it's just like a mental thing, it just
1: works every time. The worst thing I've ever eaten from from McDonald's, and this might be controversial, was the McRib sandwich. I fucking hated every second of it. I thought it was terrible. And I'm a rib guy. I love like anything like that. But I guess because it was so... Eh. like it just there was it was just like oh man this is nasty I'm not I, I don't want to do this. So
2: there's a place in South Philly called uh, Next Charcoal Pit. That I I love. Yes. Love. Yeah, dude. And they have like a I like a, I wish miss me would use it. I forget what it is, but it's like a uh, we order it and we call it the McFib. Cuz we it's a, it's kind of like a the the rib but they put it on a long roll and then we'll put our own pickles on it and stuff like that. But their sauce is amazing. At like,
1: Nick's. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Great. stuff, man. It's better than the McRib. Have, and it's, it's one of their best sandwiches. I'll have to try it. I haven't been there in a long time. I'll have to give it a shot.
2: They're currently renovating mm. down for renovations. Wow. Fucking Nick's charcoal pit on 13th Snyder Snyder's fucking amazing.
1: There's a spot down on 202 down here, almost like you're in, like, Glen Mills but going into Delaware. It's called the Charcoal Pit. Yeah. Fucking A, man. I love that place so much. Great stuff down there. Always a solid spot. Um, but, yeah, they have some great barbecue. But, again, I guess because I'm a barbecue snob when it comes to that stuff, like, I – I just anything less than, than perfect for me isn't good. But, man, I'll tell you, nothing beats that, that McDonald's sometimes. Like, if I'm, you know, I, I fucking – it's like a treat, like maybe once every two months I'll be like, ah, oh, you know, I'm gonna stop because you know we get the kids happy meals and you know that's Danny. We do this thing at home, like we call it special time. We to the kids, and Danny's thing is always I want to go get a happy meal. So like we go on Saturday morning, and it's like it's a whole thing for him, you know. So yeah. th- those those days I'll I'll sit and eat with him, but yeah. or I'll get something from there. But yeah, dude. Now, anybody that says that you don't like McDonald's, you're fucking full of shit because we know we know that you do. Um, I've
2: done I've done worse things to my body than eat McDonald's.
1: Mark and Dryden's got a lot of questions for us here. It looks like, uh, Meanie, any good stories about meeting sports figures? I've only met four, so we'll try to be brief about each encounter. And he goes over some encounters with some sports folks that he met, which I'm happy to read if you'd like to. But I'd like to know, any good interactions with sports figures? Uh, Yeah, always...
2: Uh, always good. Uh, you might have to give me like two seconds here. I got to sure. figure out. Oh, my God. Uh, give me two seconds. I, In order to tell this story, I have to Google something real quick. Well,
1: while you're doing that, I'll tell them Pod Squad because I know everybody loves to hear me talk, because uh, it's Mind of the Atom apparently today. Uh, I met Darren Dalton in 2012. My buddy Joe, uh, Joe Keen, was a bartender at a bar in Westchester called Alibis. And alibis used to do fanatic shows. They would do live broadcasts from the bar. And Darren Dalton was doing the live show. And Joe texts me. He goes, get your fucking ass here right now. Dutch is here. And I went, oh, my God, I'm on the way. Because the 93 Phillies were like everything to me growing up. They were like yeah. my team, right? So I get there, and I fucking just like fangirl. I'm like, oh, my God, Dutch, you're here. You know, I'm just like geeking, right? Like it yeah. is so cool to meet you. You were my favorite. You went. I wanted to be. I played catcher because I watched you play, and I wanted to be a catcher. Oh, kid, that's real great. Oh, let's have a beer. Let's have. So I'm standing there having a beer with Darren fucking Dalton at the bar, and so we do a shot, and he's already like half in the back, right? Like he's already tuned up. So we take a picture, and he's like, "Hey, let me let me sign you. You, you, you guys for it. Let me sign it for you." He's like, oh, "It's just, you know, signed it out, made it out to Adam from Darren Dalton, and it was like my just." Gram-
2: He's crush on
1: him. Ah, man. It was the fucking shit. It was so cool to meet Dutch. It was one of those, like... I might even have the picture here while you're looking for that. Let me see if I can find it. If I have my book here, I might have put it away. I'll have to put it in... I'll find it and put it in the Pod Squad group. Uh, Good reason to sign up right now at patreon.com slash mind of the meaning. You can see us looking for stuff in my desk. Uh, But, yeah. I mean, Dutch was just so fucking cool, man. Like, just... Couldn't have been nicer. Couldn't have been more gracious. Sat and spoke with everybody that was there at the bar that came out to talk to him. And, you know, just a just a wonderful, wonderful man. So um, very happy to have that experience with him. But Give me two seconds here, man. You, I, no, you're fine, man. You're fine. I'm just, I'm trying to think of that there's any other sports people that I've ever met. Um, like actually, you know, like uh, trying to think. I don't know. I don't think there's, I think Dalton was the only one. Um, yeah, I think that was the only one that I've ever actually met in person that I've ever in, like physically interacted with. Um, Dykstra's legendary though. My uncle Alan used to tell me stories about Lenny Dykstra who's being a fucking prick. But, okay. I, yeah. There you go. Here we go. <laughs> you got it, man.
2: So uh, positive interaction with uh, a sports Person, um, so WrestleMania 15s in Philadelphia, right? Um, I have a buddy, uh, Derek Settlemyer. He was the equipment manager for the Philadelphia Phantoms. He would make the jerseys, this, that, and the other thing. And I was all I would always go to Philadelphia games. Uh, they were very kind. They would give me. I got a custom made. Philadelphia Phantoms jersey says Meanie seventy three on the back. Cool. Derek would make me one when he started working for the Flyers. He got me a, a Flyers jersey. You know, legit fight straps, everything. But WrestleMania fifteen came to town. I was like, and uh, Al was a huge fan, so Al brought his whole family. He brought the wife, kids, everything. I was like, let's go to uh let's go uh Philadelphia Phantoms game, hockey game. Absolutely. So, uh the headbangers also had a connection that all headbangers also came to the game with Paul bearer. Oh, wow. So it's me, Al snow, the headbangers and Paul bearer in the <laughs> Philadelphia spectrum. <laughs> what a motley crew watching the Dan Barry thrashers. Now this is like peak fucking attitude era, right? Uh, WWE, right? So the thrashers picked up on that and, like, I would go to a game before this, long before, a couple games before this, but guys would, like, if they got into a fight, like, they would hit, like, the Rocks theme, and the guy would fucking go to Sunrise center ice and do the fucking Rock fucking... Oh, no shit. He would do the whole thing. If he won the fight, they would hit the Rocks theme, and he fucking do the Rock pose. at oh, the so So, this night, the night before, like, the Friday before WrestleMania 15 at the Spectrum uh, the Philadelphia Phantoms are playing the Hershey bears. Okay. And, uh, there's a fight on the ice and, uh, one of the players, Dave McIsaac beats the shit out of one of the Hershey bears, like goes over, starts punching him, And the guy just turtles up. And he beats the fucking living dog shit out of this guy. And they hit stone Cold's music. And it's like, blah, blah, blah. and he like points up to us in the fucking, and we're like, yeah, <laughs> Whatever. after the game you know we kind of go down and they, they introduce us to the players and stuff like that so flash forward that's 99 around um early 2000s maybe uh i, I was friends with this band called bonehead mm. still you know still friends with the guys bonehead uh local philadelphia cover band uh, eventually they got signed and became familiar 48. Um, put out a really good album. Uh, fucking Pat Smear from the Foo Fighters makes an appearance on there. Um, uh, the one guy from, um, oh my God, you know, Mr. Roboto. What what's
1: that fucking band? Oh God damn it. Uh, Toto. No. Uh, hold on. I'll take you in a second.
2: The guy who sings too much Sticks. time on my hands, Sticks. Sticks. The blonde hair kid get guy. Yeah. He sings back up on that album. So they're, uh, the, before they got signed, I went to go see him at the place called Dependent East in Jersey. Sorry, I got off on a sidetrack there. Don't be sorry. Really cool, small rock club bar. And I'm standing there and Dave McIsaac is there from the Hershey Bears. You know, I got He was, he, he was, you know, done. But um, I, I talked to him, he's, yeah, he, he's there, he knows the guy's in Bonehead, he's there to see them, and I go over, shake it, hey, what's up, man? He goes, let me tell you something, man, that time you guys came out to the Spectrum, you know, watched this play, he's like, I was like, normally uh, I was in a situation where a guy hit me, and normally I wouldn't fight in that situation, but I knew you guys were in the crowd, and I had to do something. <laughs> So I, I, I picked the fight and just beat the guy just because I knew you guys were in the fucking crowd, which is amazing uh, interaction. I mean, I, I've met a lot of fucking uh, athletes and stuff like that and had a lot of cool inter- interaction. Like I've I've met Len Dawson from the Chiefs who has like the, one of the most epic Super Bowl halftime photos of sitting there smoking a cigarette and drinking a beer. Yeah. <laughs> but knowing that a professional hockey player Uh, started a fist fight on the ice because of our presence. It's crazy. And later on, well, I don't know if he is now, but he's like the coach of the Danbury thrashers, which is, uh, if you ever saw the, uh, the, there's a documentary on the Danbury, the owner of the uh, Danbury thrashers, uh, AJ Galante, who was in NXT for a little bit there. There's a, a there's a really good uh, documentary on Netflix about them. They they talk about this story. Derek Settlemeyer has a, a podcast called Nasty Knuckles, okay, which is basically a hockey podcast, and uh, he had AJ Galante on, and you know, told this story. Oh, I'm I'm hesitant about playing the audio. I don't think they would, they would mind if I, I shared it or just you know the, just to play it. But he tells the story. Let me see. Uh, we'll play it. I don't think I'll have a problem. This is Derek Settlemeyer's podcast. They talking about Dave McIsaac. You saw it, it's Derek and uh Riley Cote Mm. talking to AJ Galante about the uh, the fight. Let me uh, need to play here,
1: see if it plays. If not, I sound like a goof. Hey. Also, while uh, Meany's queuing this up, I uh, I did locate that picture of Darren Dalton and I from 2012, and it's been shared in the Patreon group, so go check it out now if you want to see me geeking out. Uh, I am fully geeked in this photo, so patreon.com slash mindofthemeany.
2: Okay, here's Derek Schellemeyer and Riley Cote talking about <laughs> Dave McIsaac beating the shit out of a guy because we were in the crowd.
3: <laughs> and, uh, I, I don't know if he ever told you, but I, I'm a big wrestling fan as well. Um, and by the way, your birthday party when you were younger, like I know you said, <laughs> I'm kind of like, this, this may not be normal for most kids. I, no, it's not. You have the Rock, the rock in China uh, and everybody there. But uh, me and Mac, we ended up becoming friends with a couple of wrestlers. Um they were in Philly, and the one night uh, Paul Bearer was there. Edge and Christian—they're Canadian guys. Oh, yeah. But um, I don't know if you remember the Blue Meanie he had a quick little oh, run. But, Yeah, but mm-hmm. so he's, yeah, he's,
1: so he's here, everybody loves Side the bench, so we start talking. to Max, like,
3: I gotta get in a fight. I gotta do something. And his nickname here was Diamond Dave because he could do the diamond. Dave, cutter. Yeah. He would do the diamond cutter, and you should And he was he was trying to find anyone he could to fight. And he finally got <laughs> one, and he must have done four diamond cutters. And these guys are going uh, to fucking bananas. Yeah. It was listen, awesome. I, I, I remember the EC, uh, 2300 Arena down there, ECW. Yeah, oh, right, front. yeah. Yeah, oh, listen, I, I did a couple boxing matches down there, and, uh, you know, ECW, oh, man, the Blue Meanie was the best. Stevie that, Richards, all of those guys. Yeah, man. Yeah, man, that's, uh, yeah, man I, listen. If I didn't have so much family here, I, I
0: love. I, I could land in
1: Philly. I like Philly. That's my type of town for sure. Yeah, I know. What that so, so that was that. But, That's. But, uh, I told you, man. Everybody fucking loves Meanie. I told you. Uh, <laughs> everybody loves Meanie. It's impossible yeah, not to. Yeah. As far as sports
2: uh, interactions, that, that tops the cake
1: right there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Ma- uh, Mark and Dryden has another question for us. Magnum Ta just asked on t- was just asked on Twitter. Uh who would be a dream opponent for him in any era? I I suggested Bret Hart. Who would your guys' choices be? Uh Magnum TA. Hmm. Who would you like to any from any era it could be? We're for fantasy a, I, I, again sure. I, I forgot to lower my phone. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, uh Mark and Dryden wants to know. Magnum TA just asked on Twitter who would be who i guess who, who are people's dream opponents for him from any okay. era mark and dryden uh, suggested bret hart which is a great fucking answer uh what would your guys choices be
2: oh for magnum ta yeah it's a great fucking question yeah dude um, i mean i would've loved i mean i everybody knows magnum was being lined up to be the next NWA world champion. Yeah. I don't know if he worked flair or not. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm sure if I had to pick any era Magnum, TA um, That is a fucking hard question. Um, Probably Scott Hall.
1: That was literally the first name that popped into my head was Scott Hall. Scott Hall and Magnum TA, like would have been a fucking banger. Yeah,
2: like maybe Razor Ramon, Scott Hall too. Yeah, but, you know maybe Razor Ramon, but like Scott Hall the person against yeah. Magnum TA, I think would have been a would be a great fucking match.
1: I that was where my head went right away with Scott Hall, but something about Samoa Joe, I don't know why that popped into my head. Yeah. Maybe just because yeah. Samoa Joe is just a big fucking brawler. Um, that probably would have been great. And. Huh. Who else? Hmm.
2: I don't
1: know. No, you know what? I think I'm going to stick with those. I think I'm going to stick with Scott Hall and, and Samoa Joe. I think. Uh, yeah, I'm
2: just thinking like. like Scott Hall's psychology is fantastic not saying you know and and magnum ta had that this rugged they're both two guys both guys have rugged good looks one being a heel one being a baby face the two guys who look like they probably could have eventually feuded and then became a tag team
1: yeah
2: kind of thing they, yeah. they, that, they had that ex- aesthetic to them you know
1: it's a shame i think i think for me like i said i, I you know magnum ta is one of those one of those guys who could have been the next Ric flair could have been yeah. as famous now as rick flair you know he was he was there could have been spoken about in those conversations with flair and dusty and, and steamboat i mean it's it's a shame what happened it's it's unfortunate
2: but uh, it coming from a, a local perspective uh magnum ta and pelly lernberg had the exact same accident with the exact same style of car. Oh, geez. Both driving Porsches, um, Magnum plane it, but, uh, you know, Peli hit a, uh, a crazy curve and hit a wall and died. But oh, man. yeah, around the same era, you know, and, uh, we both lost two great athletes to similar accidents around the same time as, as far as being a Philadelphian, being a sports junkie and a pro wrestling junkie to see two guys, both driving Porsches, lose control of their cars. One, thank God, survived, and then one unfortunately passed away. But uh, yeah,
1: what what could have been with Magnum yeah. is heartbreaking. It's uh, it's a shame, and again, I think uh, I think he could have absolutely been one of the best, if not the best, in a generation. And it's it's just sad. To think about.
2: Put it this way. Flair went to his hospital and put the NWA belt on his on his bed and said, Come take it from me. Wow. As, a, as, a, as encouragement, you know, Flair won- gladly would have dropped the NWA belt to him.
1: I'm sure. Yeah. It was his time. Yeah. Uh, well, let's end this episode of Ask Meany with our friend, Primetime Grape. He's oh, got Jesus. a question for us. Green Juice and High Tides is his name right now. I haven't read it yet. I saw the alert come in, but I haven't read it. (laughs) Do you think if someone put a beach ball on your derriere (laughs) and you did one of those long, continuous farts, could you keep the beach ball afloat in midair? (laughs) Never change, man. Always send us the shit. What's a...
2: What's a high tech store in like the malls that they sell the, the stuff that you could like, but
1: well, like a radio shack. No. Oh, uh, will spell you, send you, sell you like space chairs or this. That, oh the other. yeah. Like one of those as seen on TV shits. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. I, I,
2: that would be my next piece of merchandise. The blue meanie me laying on my stomach with a <laughs> all <laughs> over my ass. <laughs> Fountain like thing. I don't know if it was like, was it Brookstones or I don't want to say the wrong name of the store, but yeah, the, 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 the equivalent of that is like the sky mall magazine in the, in the, on the airplane. I call the magazine fancy shit. I'll never buy, <laughs> but yeah, I can see, I like, a like a, like a statue, uh, recreation of A ball levitating over my ass as I'm as I'm laying on my belly. (laughs) Kicking my heels up like a chick.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah. This guy, man. I'm telling you. Primetime grape. Thank you for your always for your gas related questions. We appreciate that. And we appreciate you, friends, for listening to the show and sticking with us here through another fantastic Ask Meanie episode. Again, don't forget to tweet us your questions using the hashtag Ask Meanie. Follow us on Twitter at Mind of the Meanie, and you may hear your questions asked on the show. But Meanie, as we wrap up here today, the question is, where can people find you on your social medias? If you would like to follow the Blue Meanie, all forms of social media,
2: Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, uh, at Blue Meanie BWO on all forms of social media. If you would like to support the Blue Meanie, go to Pro com slash Blue Meanie. Uh if you would like to support Mind of the Me, go to Pro com slash Mind of the Meanie. Every dollar spent there goes to help take keep the lights on here at Mind of the Meanie. Colin elbow, the wrestling brand, go to com. Use coupon code Meanie or coupon code mind and save 10%. Again, every uh, you know, Every dollar you spend there with those coupon codes uh, throws a little kickback. They keep mind of the mini on the air. Uh, madcapbeercare.com Go to madcapbeercare.com and get yourself some of the blue spruce, beard oil, and beard balm. They even have beard shampoo over there at madcatbeardcare.com. My boy, Josh Thornton, is doing an amazing, amazing job taking care of the kitties every time you spend at madcatbeardcare.com goes to taking care of the feral cats. So if a cat lover like me, it's definitely worth going to com. The Figure Collections Bone Crushing Wrestler Series Series 1 variants of the Blue Meanie are available now. All Series 1 uh, in this line uh, can be ordered now at figure, uh, sorry, at shop.figurecollections.com. That's shop.figurecollections.com. Get yourself a blue mini with the white shirt and the uh, blue logo or the, uh, the old school BWO shirt. Uh, they're available right now by the fo- fine folks at Figures Collections. Uh, shout out to my boy Jim Nilsson over at glaciersofice.com. Uh, that's uh, glaciersofice.com. Uh, Jim made a three of three only Handmade custom Air Jordan BWO one custom. <laughs> sorry, first day with the new mouth. Uh, Jim <laughs> made a three of free only handmade custom BWO Air Jordan one sneakers for Stevie, Nova, and myself. Each pair takes Jim about 50 hours, 50 freaking hours per pair. Crazy. Make these beautiful sneakers by hand, no less. Uh, follow uh, Jim on all forms of social media to see the videos and the, uh, the, the behind the scenes photos of these fantastic shoes at G O I kicks That's all forms of social media at G O I kicks Uh cameo.com slash blue mini BWO for all your birthdays. Uh, God damn. I can never get through these ad reads uh, in, w- in one piece. Uh cameo.com slash blue mini for birthdays, holiday, and well wishes. Uh let's uh, make somebody's day a little bit brighter. Let's send somebody uh uh a, a fun, lighthearted message there over at cameo.com slash blue bw. But more more importantly, Mr. Bernard, where can we find you?
1: Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. You can go to all of the social media sites. You can go to Instagram, uh Twitter, TikTok. Mastodon, you can find me at this is goober. Yes, it's my handle. No, I'm not changing it. It's a brand pal. You can go and follow me there and keep up with all of my life's activities. You can also listen to my other show, Foundation Radio, by going to foundationradio.net and you can listen to everything in my archive. Lots of great conversations, everybody from Rob Van Dam to Mr. Ernest Owens. Check it out now, foundationradio.com. Don't forget to go to brothersgatter.com and pick up your very first. Adam Bernard Wrestling Buddy. They are available right now. And you can also get a two-pack of the mind of the meanie guys. It's me and the blue guy right here at brothersgatter.com. You can go and check it out now. Go to the feinbergmethod.com and use promo code goober and save up to 20% off of your entire purchase. Uh, not just physical wellness, but also mental wellness as well. Uh the feinbergmethod.com, pro dot found or Slash foundation radio. Uh, you can pick up a shirt there. You can also go to Pro com slash Mind of the meaning and help keep the lights on at Casa de Mini and the Barnard home for wayward and troubled youth, Patreon.com slash mind of the meaning. You can sign up today and become a part of the Pod Squad. We want to thank Manscaped for sponsoring the program and the sponsors you heard at the beginning and the end of the show. Thank you to those folks as well for assisting us, Pod Squad. As always, we love you. We cannot do this show. Without you and Meanie, thank you again for being here for the Blue Meanie. I am Adam Bernard. Join us again each and every week as we take a trip to the mine. Blip, 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 blip blue world order. of meanie. Peace.
0: This episode of Mind of the Meanie was recorded and produced by Adam Barnard and was engineered by Carl Pinnell. Additional production and narration provided by Sam Kreps. Our executive producers are Josh Chernoff, Adam Barnard, and The Blue Meanie. Our opening theme is performed by The Swamp Candles. Our closing theme is performed by Chikara the show contains original music produced by enrichment get additional bonus content by becoming our patron on patreon at patreon.com of the and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at mind of the this has been a butts Carlton media production in conjunction with the MLW radio network Butts Carlton proprietor
3: blip, blip,
0: blip, blip, blue world
3: that was blue mini brain out. The world of MLW Radio never stops.